0: What's up, mamas? It's Tanika Ray. I was a television host for 20 years before my entire life blew up when I had a baby. Shifting gears from red carpets to a gig called Mom required a whole new game plan. The carefree, globetrotting boss babe, me, was suddenly in search of a mommy tribe to help me navigate the inevitable fumbles and fails of raising a kid. Mama's Day with Tanika Ray is a sanctuary for the Mommy Collective, where we amplify our self-love and self-care, trade tips on raising conscious kids, help each other fine-tune our boundaries, and celebrate the highs while forgiving ourselves for the lows. In the wild, 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 wild world, of mommying af hello welcome to mama stay with tanika ray we are right at the tail end of black maternal health week we have discussed all the ways that we can guard ourselves from danger when we're just trying to give birth to our babies. We are going to continue this conversation, especially with Mother's Day coming up in May. I don't think this is a conversation that deserves seven days out of the year. I think it's a much bigger conversation that deserves deep diving into. I'm bringing on a new friend. Her name is Megalyn Achikiwonke, and I'm going to get her exact pronunciation You know her from movies like Stepsisters over on Netflix. She dated Chris Rock for a while. She's in these Hollywood streets. She goes to the Oscars and all the fancy events. But she tested herself and got out of her comfort zone this year and directed and wrote her first film called Weathering. Now, I've been trying to get her on the pod. She, of course, is traveling around the world promoting this film which is centered on Black maternal health. So it's pretty perfect. We are going to have her on next week. So don't you worry, right in time for Mother's Day, you're gonna hear about this incredible film that she wrote. It is a short that she is hoping to make into a full feature. We can't have enough information and content about the topic of Black maternal health. So we're really excited to bring her on next week. This week though, because it has been a heavy week, We've been dealing with a young prince, a young king, just innocently trying to pick up his brothers, gets shot in the head by a racist. And uh, that's been really tough. It's been really tough. It's also been really tough watching Florida I don't know, try to erase Black culture. It's It makes it really clear that this has been done time and time again. It's the audacity for me. It's the comfort in which they are just trying to erase facts. This is what they do. Unfortunately, here in America, it's rooted in there's only one culture that gets to be at the top and nobody else can come close. And the laws are built around that. And the policies are built around that. And the lobbyists are built around that. And it's just really an uncomfortable place, especially when we can't even give birth in the comfort that so many have every single day. We just can't be comfortable. So this week, we're just going to pour tools and tricks and love all over you. These are 31 ways to live your best, best life. I found this Instagram post and I was like, this needs to be discussed. Corey mascara. I don't know who this is, but I love these 31 items that lead you to your best life, sis. You deserve it. <laughs> Cause if we're going to run the world, shit, we got to get our stuff together. We cannot be emotionally drained. We cannot be riddled with trauma. We got to work that shit out. And this is, One of the ways that I like to remind myself, this is just like a flip book. This is a reminder that you already have it in you, but there are a lot of things that we can flip, shift, and evolve into to make it that much better. All right, here we go. Corey Muscara, 31 ways to live your best mother sucking life. (laughs) Ah, That was so inappropriate. Here's number one. Hello. Welcome to Mama's Day with Tanika Ray. Wild times, y'all. I feel like we just need to like get some deep guttural screams out of our body <laughs> into the atmosphere where it belongs. Like I have found myself wanting to like go to the beach just to scream into the atmosphere. Maybe that's a little bit from my mommy experience these days, <laughs> or maybe it's because there's some crazy fucking people making rules and laws and actually exposing themselves. It's a wild, wild time. It feels like the only thing that we have the ability to do is to take care of ourselves, right? As much as, as, much as I have this fantasy, I think scandal taught us all that, There's a superhero that's going to come save us. (laughs) As much as we have this fantasy that there's this Olivia Pope with the fierce white coat, honey, in the finest wool with the dopest little white hat to match it, that she is behind the scenes puppeteering all the bad guys and making things right. As much as we want this fantasy to be true, it's just possibly not. Yes, there is a white coat. And there is a white hat, but unfortunately we're wearing it and we have to save ourselves. That's where we are in 2023. There's so many things going on. I wanted to do a couple things. Uh, First, I wanted to share with you this post that I found by a person I don't know, but I, I was moved to share this with you. And then I am going to go into... Something else that I want to talk about, which is trauma. And absolutely promised you I was gonna bring the director of the film The Weathering onto the podcast. Her name is Megalyn Ekichiwonke. Well, I'm gonna get her to tell me exactly how to pronounce it. Uh, she is the daughter of an inkbo prince, and her mother is German and British and the European hybrid, she is an actress who directed her first film that centers on Black maternal health. So she will be on the pod next week. This week, we're going to center on trauma, which is such a buzzword. It's such a, it's, it's very triggering too. That's a whole other thing. Before we get into that, I want to set the stage with this beautiful post that I found on Instagram. That list all the ways that I believe you can be a whole three hundred and sixty fully realized spiritual self-loving person. This is from Corey Muscara. Number one, finding your true self is an act of love. Expressing it is an act of rebellion. Ooh, just coming out the gate swinging! Finding your true self is an act of love expressing it, because you know how these streets are, expressing your true self is an act of rebellion. And this is something that I've known since I was a little girl. It's something that I'm teaching my daughter. I want her to be authentically who she is. And every time she comes home and says, they think I'm so-and-so, I said, they don't know what they're talking about. You continue to be everything in all of your authenticity that you are. People can't mess with you when you are exactly the way you are. And I'm so clear that my baby is learning how to navigate weird situations when she's such a free spirit filled with love. It irks people's demons, y'all. And she needs to learn how to deal with that. That's never going to go away. I like to teach my daughter that the facts are the facts. You're a bright, sparkly light. There are going to be people coming for you. Instead of wishing that wasn't the case, learn how to navigate through it, being unfazed by all the things that, quote unquote, they say. Okay, I'm going to carry on. Number two, a sign of growth is having more tolerance for discomfort, but it's also having less tolerance for bullshit. That is very close to what I was just saying. A sign that you're growing out of your pettiness, that you're growing out of your trauma, that you're growing out of your young self and your young mind is that you have more tolerance for discomfort. I like to think of that as people who irritate you don't face you. You can be around people you don't particularly bond with or are aligned with, and you're indifferent about it. You can be around people you don't connect with that aren't aligned with your values and you can be fully and wholly unbothered by it. That's how much you've grown. But you also have less tolerance for that bullshit. And that's true too. There is no gray area for bullshit for me. It's either I'm with what you got going on or I'm not. And if I sniff just one ounce just one iota of bullshit. Yo, I'm out. (laughs) Didn't take much these days. Number three, who you are is not your fault, but it is your responsibility. Now this one's a little tricky because it's, it's who you are. Who are you? And why would that be a fault of anybody's? I just never have wanted to apologize For what I am, sure, I have insecurities about how I walk through the world. I have insecurities about how I naturally, organically am. Sure, there's a four year old or seven year old in me that wishes I could just be like everybody else. Wouldn't that be so much easier? But then the other side of me is like, I'm so happy. I will never be like everybody else. That is not my destiny. I never have been like anybody else, and I never will be. The sooner that I can be comfortable with it, the better off I am in nurturing my daughter's independence and her uniqueness and her special brand of exactly who she is. Okay, baby, number four, desires that arise in agitation are more aligned with your ego. Desires that arise in stillness are more aligned with your soul. Ooh, write that down. Desires, desires. We have a lot of desires, but the ones that are born out of a landscape of frustration and agitation, that's connected to your ego. And the ones that feel peaceful, your desires, that's aligned with your soul. Look, in 2023, we're all trying to level up. We're all, whether we want to or not, are being forced to shift right now. And also, the attention is turning away from what others see from us and fortifying our world individually for our own growth, right? We're turning the camera lens onto ourselves so that we can examine who we are, we can examine our crap, and we can work through it. So I love this like tool. This is like a cheat. This is a cheat code that when I desire something and there's frustration or agitation, that's that bullshit coming to find me. And then when I desire something and it feels peaceful and it feels warm and it feels like home, that is aligned with my soul and to go full steam ahead. All right. Number five. Procrastination is the refusal or inability to be with difficult emotions. Ooh, I'm not going to lie. This one made me cringe because I do have a historical issue with some procrastination. I don't know. I'm trying to dissect it. But when it says it is a refusal or inability to be with difficult emotions, shit. My hand is like raised but I'm embarrassed by it. What does that mean? I mean I've I've dealt with so many situations in my life. I've been going to therapy off and on since I was 20. I've been reading and researching and doing my own work to dismantle any generational trauma, any personal trauma, any BS, that has afflicted my youth and my growing up, that has landed in my body and my mind that is still affecting me to this day. And I got to say, I am the queen of numbing really difficult emotions. I will happily admit I drank starting at age 14. I finally Finished and quit drinking in 2017. That's a long time of drinking. That is a long time in my life that I put poisons in my body to numb the fact that I had difficult emotions. So it's something that I really do need to sit with and further dissect. We all have more work to do. I'm going to move on because that one's a doozy. And I know you're probably thinking if you're a procrastinator, that hit you in the face too. Number six, the moment before letting go is often when we grip the hardest. Ooh, I think of relationships. That moment before we know we gotta get the hell up out of there is when we try to hold on to the possibility that there's something and there isn't. Let go, release those hands. Number seven, you don't find your ground by looking for stability. You find your ground by relaxing and in the instability, ooh, so this one really sparked something in me because I remember being on Clubhouse hard. It was November 2020 through about June 2021, and I was on that app like living on that app having conversations with the world and i would have 12 hour convos on this app with hundreds of people talking about institutionalized racism and our theme of our conversation first of all we spoke about it with love and understanding and empathy i mean that's there's just no other way around it on top of that it was really interesting because our slogan became you got to get comfortable with the uncomfortable there is no understanding or unity or any empathy that can be gained by not being comfortable with the uncomfortable. And that's what this is reminding me of. You don't find your ground by looking for stability, by looking for comfort. You find your ground by surrendering, or what the word is they use, relaxing into the instability, which I know people are very uncomfortable with that. It, it's scary to not know, to not be sure of what you're surrendering or relaxing into. But it says it's a tenet for a good life. Maybe we. It's about that time that we understand what getting comfortable with the uncomfortable is. Truly, there really is nothing that's going to hurt you. But uncomfortable means we don't know how to deal with it. We aren't mature enough. We are still holding on to trauma. That's what that means. So letting it go and just embracing what is, is the way to your healing. I always think of Michael Jackson. You can't go over it. You can't go under it. You gotta go through it, baby. You just gotta go through it. All right, let's move on to number eight. What you hate most in others is usually what you hate most in yourself. Oof! I definitely have examined this before because you know when it comes to friends or it comes to people that trigger you, or it comes to people that you don't feel serve you in an emotional way or are are aligned with your values. There's this feeling you get sometimes like I can't stand her, but sometimes it's, it's what you already are that you're seeing reflected that you aren't even sure or clear about is a part of you. So there's a lot of unknown that then makes you hate it because you haven't really identified it or dealt with it in yourself. I always thought it was what I didn't have, which makes me turned off by these people. But when they, I've read this so many times that you're irritated by people, by the traits that you have, that maybe you haven't sorted out yet, that you hate in others what you most hate in yourself. So when you think of like racism, what is that? Like you, I really am stuck on this number eight. Maybe you guys have more clarity. But when you think about racism, which is just hatred, or just full tilt, what are white people apparently seeing in black people that they hate so much? It's confusing and that they hate in themselves. It's a mind scratcher. So let's put eight kind of with a pin in it because we still need to break that one down. All right. Number nine. The biggest life hack is becoming your own best friend. Everything is easier when you do. Oh, I love that. I This one is a is a no-brainer. I absolutely feel that I've learned how to become my own best friend. And it's not for any reason other than, you know, I started to realize I came into this life alone. And if I can't depend on myself to have my back, to soothe my pain, to be an arm or a cuddle away from from comfort, then who can I depend on? And true indeed, I know that I'm coming from a place of pain, that I didn't have a mother that I can really lean on, that she wasn't there nurturing my emotions and my soul. I get that. We just have a very different relationship, but I got to tell you, being your own best friend and loving hanging out with yourself is like the flex that I want to be flexing in 2023. It's the flex that I'm proud of because I think there are a lot of people that are lost to themselves. They depend on everybody else's opinions about them and they can't spend time alone or look in the mirror and feel good feelings. I am a 100,000% clear that I have... I make dates with myself. I make dates with myself in my calendar, like, oh, goody, I get to stay home and watch TV or, oh, goody, I'm going to paint or I'm going to dance or I'm going to hang out with my baby, which of course isn't by yourself. But all moms know them kids are just extensions of us. (laughs) When it comes down to it, it's pretty much kind of, sort of, like hanging out with yourself. Well, except for they make you their maid and their cook and their therapist. Okay, so it's not. Moving on, (laughs) number nine. Oh, that was number nine. Number 10, the more comfortable you become in your own skin, the less you need to manufacture the world around you for comfort. Ooh, the more comfortable you become in your own skin, the less you need to manufacture the world around you for comfort. Now, this is good because there are people who are so uncomfortable with the uncomfortable that they stay stuck in these like prisons of comfort that they create for themselves and stay there. Ooh, as I'm saying it, I might be guilty of this. Oh, crap. You know, I go through moments of being really, really brave and then really, 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 really fearful. And when I'm going through fearful moments, it's only setting me up to be really brave. And I have to believe that, but I can't, and you can't, none of us can live in this security blanket of comfort because you don't grow, you don't move, you don't expand, you don't learn. You can't even really succeed on a large level if you're really dead set on being comfortable. Number 11, an interesting thing happens when you start to like yourself. You no longer need all the things you thought you needed to be happy. Now, this is my jam right here. I think that we're living in a society. I just saw Tamar Braxton post something about Atlanta. And she said, I don't want to be in Atlanta anymore. All these people wearing fake clothes. And I was like, fake clothes? What do you mean fake clothes? Like they weren't really pants. And then, (laughs) and then I wised up and I was like, is she talking about labels? Like she doesn't like Atlanta because people aren't wearing labels the way she approves. And that made me really, really sad because we do live in a culture and we are in a time when people are buying expensive items. To make themselves feel good, they're buying expensive items to maybe garner some value for themselves. They're buying all these expensive clothes and purses and shoes so that they can feel worthy. And I gotta tell you, I've never been a label girl. And what I know for sure is my self esteem and my self love and my worth is not tied up in some material things that's really just gonna make some company rich. They have bamboozled us into thinking that we're not worthy unless we're wearing their clothes. We're not worthy unless we're buying their purses. And it's just, I don't buy into it. And I really am excited about this narrative getting broader and bigger, especially in these crazy times where people are being laid off. Why are we chasing this thing where we are pretending we are something when truly we may feel empty inside? Let's work more on feeling full and filled with love before trying to fill our closets with expensive items so that we can prove to everybody else that we're worth it it's backwards, I' much rather be rock solid in standing here in in Amazon clothing than trying to prove to anybody out there that I must be special because I have red bottoms it's just it's I get it, I get it, I really do. I just don't subscribe to it, and I think once we can flip that around and put more energy in knowing our worth with nothing on our backs, like butt-ass naked know our worth, that's when we become powerful. All right, guys, on to number 12. If you don't train your mind to appreciate what is good, you'll continue to look for something better in the future, even when things are already great. Mm. So I've had this problem with my child lately where she is very, she loves to come home and she just spreads stuff everywhere. I don't even know how she does it. I will be, I'll bring her home. And within the first 10 minutes, everything that's on her body has all over the floor in different locations, just sprawled all over. You know, you can follow, you can find her if she was hiding because it would be clothes and things and bracelets. I said to her, that's just, I'm, it's unacceptable. And she said to me, all my friends though, mommy, it's, I'm a little jealous because my friends have art rooms and they have theater rooms and they have places to play. And I was like, girl, we live in a condo with two bedrooms, two baths and a great room and a kitchen. we have all the space we need. Of course, we love a backyard and a pool, honey, and a house, but that's not where we are right now. And for her to, to think that and to use that as an excuse for why she's messy really broke my heart because I was like, girl, <laughs> let's just get it straight, okay? Because that thinking is very ungrateful for all the things that you do have. I'm, I'm talking to her a lot about gratitude because I want her to know what that is now. And I want her to wait till she's 20 to learn gratitude. She's going to learn gratitude now. And if she's always coveting what somebody else has then she's not being grateful for what she has. And when I say this child is blessed, that is something that I'm just not gonna deal with. That is a non-negotiable. My child has got to learn, no matter what she has, she is blessed. No matter what she doesn't have, she's blessed. That's why I started this exercise with her very young, where whatever comes in, clothes come in, we gotta take clothes out. And when they go out, They go to our housekeeper, A, because she has a a lot of beautiful children in her family that she is like the matriarch. She's the queen matriarch. So, you know, not everybody can afford lots of clothes. So she takes those clothes to all of her grandbabies and to El Salvador. And I send them to my goddaughter. We have people we give these clothes to. So she understands that she's to be grateful for everything And she's also responsible for not only loving all the things that she has, but for being the one that is passing it on to provide happiness and joy and love for somebody else. Like that is epic gratitude for me. So this is something we're still working on. Number 13, the belief that there is some future moment more worth our presence than the one we're in right now is why we miss our lives. Ooh, that's a wake-up call for everybody. And it's so true. We're always like, and then, oh, when I get this, oh, when I achieve this, oh, when I have this, I'll have all the things that I need, and it's just not true. Like, right now is the moment. What do they say? The past is gone. The future hasn't happened yet. Right now, the present is a gift. Let's stay in the present. Let's work right here. And from here... We can define our lives, not what we think we might need or what we used to have. Right now, right now, who are you? What are you worth? What do you mean? What are you giving? What do you love? Like define your life right now without the wishes and the dreams and the what ifs. That is where we need to stay, right here in our gift, the present. 13 is worth just doubling down on the belief that there is some future moment more worth our presence. Oof, we get caught up in that future. And I have been really actively working on being present in 2023. Like I was really, really not present in 2020. I was overwhelmed with the teaching and the all togetherness, and no, it was crazy. But I am right now since 2021 hit. And I think Clubhouse really helped me be in the present moment. Be here right now. Sort out your shit right here, right now. Not what it could be or what, you know, there's a process. 14, let's do it. There is no set of conditions that leads to lasting happiness. Lasting happiness doesn't come from conditions, but from learning to flow with conditions. Oh, it's so good. They're all starting to like circle the drain here. And I really, really love this one. There is no set of conditions that leads to lasting happiness. And I, I double down on this all the time. People think, oh, if I have this car and I have this house and I get this job, I'll be happy. Well, I'm here to tell you, I had the money. I had the house. I had the job. I had people kissing my ass and I was miserable because I wasn't happy with myself. And because I was aligned in a career that wasn't really my true purpose. But I was good at it. I was on TV every single day. And I was on a red carpet and I was interviewing and I was, that stuff I loved. It's all the other crap that I had to deal with that made me kind of a little bit miserable. And I kind of went hardcore on the alcohol. I was drinking every night to deal with the fact that I was work, sleep, work, sleep, work, sleep, work, sleep, work, sleep. And I mean all day, six to 10 o'clock, every single day. Go home, eat a pint of ice cream, have some alcohol, and go to sleep. It was, a, it was a miserable experience. It was a miserable time in my life. But I loved what I was doing. I loved being good at what I was doing. But I think that we can't get caught up in those things to make us happy. We have to know that if we aren't perfectly happy with nothing, then there's nothing that can come into your life that can do the job, really, truly. Number 15, we often need to get out of alignment with the rest of the world to get back into alignment with ourselves, yes, this is a word right here. There are people who are in who are very introverted, who are introspective, and uh, who are introverts. And we get exhausted spending time with people. We are exhausted when we have to people. And so sometimes for me, a quick way to reconnect with myself is to disappear from the world. That me taking myself away from the world's access allows me full access to myself. Number 16, real confidence looks like humility. You no longer need to advertise your value because it comes from a place that doesn't require the validation of others. I mean, that's self-explanatory. I think whenever you have somebody that's like, I'm the best. I mean, we look at this ridiculous president we had in 2016 to 2020. And whenever you have to say, I'm the best, uh, I'm, I'm the greatest outside of Muhammad Ali you have to tell people over and over that you're the best are you really the best or are you trying to convince us do you really have the confidence that you're trying to have us have over you do you really believe in yourself if you have to keep saying that you're the best i truly feel that real confidence when you have it practiced self confidence and you have it earned your self confidence and you have it really well placed in your foundation, you don't have to ever talk about it. You're humble about it, but you know what's up. You definitely know what's up. Number 17, negative thoughts will not manifest a negative life, but unconscious negative thoughts will. Well, that one I'm a little iffy on because what I do know about the universe, the universal laws are the universe does not understand negatives. It doesn't understand. I don't want to be. The universe has no concept of that. All the universe listens to is what you're saying you don't want to be. And then they will deliver that to you. So you have to be very careful with the words that you use. Please understand every time you speak into the universe, you are casting spells. Now, that's something I don't know if we've ever talked about here, but words are spells. And if I speak love, in kindness and affirmations to myself then that will beget more love kindness and affirmations if i speak negatively to myself and to others then i will beget more negativity i will create more negativity in my life so i understand that they try to really break it down and say the unconscious negative thoughts but the universe hears your unconscious negative thoughts and your conscious negative thoughts and none of it is working on your behalf. So let's try to shift out of that and catch ourselves when we're starting to have real bad thoughts and we're starting to treat ourselves not so kindly. Shift it, stop it in its tracks. Nope, I rebuke I rebuke, cancel, cancel. You have to delete, cancel, and rebuke it. And then you can start over and reframe it in a more positive, self-loving light. All right. Let's do number 18, bullying yourself, bullying, like being your own bully, bullying yourself into enlightenment does not work. You must befriend yourself to transcend yourself. One, I'm giving it snaps, 1000%. There's a lot of us that are like, come on, girl. Like, just my daughter gets very frustrated and sometimes she'll hit herself and she gets really upset. And tonight, our conversation was, mommy, I'm trying so hard. I'm like, what are you trying hard at? I'm trying hard to get everything done. No, you're not. (laughs) I mean, yeah, you are. But you do sit around doing nothing. And then you cry that you didn't get your clothing hung up in the closet. I mean, it's just not, it's not true. But belittling yourself and demeaning yourself isn't going to get you anywhere. Being loving and kind, and this is a repeat because this is something we don't organically understand. We come from a place of the whole world is so ugly, especially if you're a black woman or a woman of color in 2023. We don't need to have the negative self-talk. The world is trying to tell us who we are. They're trying to tell us we're not smart, we're not worthy, we're not beautiful. We're not all those things that the world keeps telling us that we're not. And if you listen to them, then you're going to be in a really rough spot. If you can define yourself for yourself with love and kindness and strive to be your greatest self through that filter, you're much better off. Transcendence is the key. That's what we're all trying to do here. We keep forgetting that life is a journey to get better and better and learn those lessons and transcend and evolve. Number 19, number 19, there are three layers to a moment. Your experience, your awareness of the experience, and your story about the experience. Be mindful of the story. Now, this one really triggered me as well because what we talked about a lot on Clubhouse is people like to live in their story. They like to regurgitate their story. They like to feel victimized by their story. They like to just tell it over and over and then reduce themselves to the story. You know, those friends where you're like, okay, I've heard this before and they tell it over and over and over and over. I'm that girl. I'm guilty. Definitely guilty of of living in my story. And I have freed myself in the last, well, really, since giving birth. I, I've been in therapy since I was 20 years old, off and on, but very open to the possibility of growth through therapy. And the second I had a child, it helped me really get a clear picture of the things that were causing me confusion before. And that clear picture saved me. I was able to really understand, oh, I'm this way. My daughter responds to me this way. I'm not my story. I'm clear that I'm a grown adult whose inner child, my little girl that lives within me, she's still working through some trauma, but we're doing it together now. We're now doing it in concert where I don't leave her behind. I used to let my story control where I went, how I rocked through the world. And now I just, I say it's my history. It's the foundation from which I sprung and I grew and I blossomed. Without my story, I'm not who I am. But I'm not going to be a victim of that story. That story does not walk into the room before I do. Well, not anymore. Anyway, we're all a work in progress. That one was hard. Number 20, your mind doesn't wander, it moves toward what it finds most interesting. To improve focus, become curious about what's right in front of you. So, this one makes me feel like a shitty mom because I'm going through a lot of very challenging moments getting my daughter to focus. To focus on her schoolwork, to focus on the song she needs to learn, to focus in her dance class. The focus is, you know, it's wild. It's, it's untamed, her focus. So when this says to improve focus, become curious about what's right in front of you. Well, dang, my daughter's great at that. She is curious about what's right in front of her. Where we have friction is, she has schoolwork. She has responsibilities. She has things she needs to finish. But when it comes to her focus on the things she wants to focus on, she's nailing it. She her curiosity is through the roof. Her curiosity leads to so many beautiful discoveries. So my frustration is is what I'm bringing to the table from knowing all the things that she needs to check off her list. It's the time constraints that makes it hard for me to allow her to focus the way she wants to focus. I need her to focus faster, quicker, and on those specific things that are going back to school tomorrow. So it's tricky. All right. Number 21, life continues whether you pay attention to it or not. I think it's why the passage of time is so scary. This is one of the hugest lessons I've had to teach the munch is she used to think like when she wasn't focused on time, like she had all the time in the world, like time stopped. And that is a tough thing for kids. Even when you're not paying attention, even when you get distracted, even when you still have to brush your teeth and put your shoes on, time is a ticking and it ain't stopping for nobody. So yeah, it's the passage of time is scary. And I think for kids, it's confusing, but we're all, I don't think any of us have a full grasp on time especially when we're lapping like Fridays are lapping us in 2023. We're like, what the frick? It's, it's Tuesday today. I don't even know what day it is. Monday. I'm not clear. I don't think I ever am. (laughs) Here we go with 22. High pain tolerance is a double-edged sword. It's key for self-control, but can cause us to override the pain of being out of alignment. Now, Oh, this one really freaks me out too, because I think I have a very, very high tolerance for pain. When I was a teenager, I had very wicked periods. And I mean, cold sweats, like on the floor in the bathroom, can't go to school, like just pain. And I endured it which then made me even stronger with pain. And when I gave birth, sure, it was a moment of pain and it sucked to get the epidural up your spine, but I feel like I'm pretty tough. And that does take me out of alignment because I feel like I have a lot, I I experience a lot more pain than I recognize. And because of that, I get myself, I'm kind of numb, to stimuli that's supposed to give me information. Like if it's painful, get out, right? If if I'm not being cared for in in this relationship and it's painful emotionally, get the fuck out, Tanika. Not rationalize it and say, this is so interesting, which is what I used to do. It's a fascinating experiment. Let's see where this is going. No, if it doesn't feel good, go. And that is something that I am now learning in this new season since I've been 50, okay, is learning where the pain is. Even when I may not feel it, learning where the conductors are are stimulated, where the, the little nerve endings of pain are stimulated. They may not make pain in my body, but I know, ooh, that's something. That's something that I need to pay attention. And I'm learning how not to be such a tough ass, I learned that I used to be in pain, but then not admit it. I used to not want to be weak in front of people. So I just never admitted it and didn't give it energy and never subscribed to pain, which then also betrays me because then I'm not getting the, the regular notifiers that I'm in danger and I need to get the fuck out. So I think that's a big one. Again, 22, high pain tolerance is a double-edged sword. It's key for self-control, that's true, but can cause us to override the pain of being out of alignment. Oh, so good. Corey Mascara, here's number 23. Peak experiences are fun, but you always have to come back. Learning to appreciate ordinary moments is the key to a fulfilling life. Hmm. I agree with that. You know, people say all the time, and I say this to my daughter all the time, if you cannot be grateful, and we spoke about this a little earlier, if you cannot be grateful for air, sunlight, water, food, the basic, basics of basics, then you cannot be grateful when the good stuff comes. I have practiced my whole life to, well, My whole life, my whole life since I left my parents home. I mean, that's the truth is that I, we were raised until we're 18, 19, 20, and then we've got to go out there and see how good of a job they did. Right. And so when I became 20, I definitely kind of grew into my own and really found myself because I could listen to my own voice. And I learned that it's, it's sort of like, feels like balance. If I can't be happy with the bare minimum, with those moments that feel like ebbs, then how can I appreciate the flows? If you cannot appreciate the ebbs, there's no way you can appreciate the flows. Number 24, you cannot practice non-attachment. You can only show your mind the suffering attachment creates. When the mind sees this clearly, it will let go. Okay. I'm in full transparency. I'm a big, huge fan, huge fan of detachment. I read Deepak Chopra, Seven Spiritual Laws of Success as one of my first books that opened my mind and saved me. And there's a chapter on detachment. It's one of the seven spiritual laws is detachment. Where you dream, you hope, you wish, and then you let it go, and let the universe do the work that is a really hard practice for people to really understand is that if you hold on to it with both hands and you 're clutching onto it, you are almost pushing it away. You are saying to the universe i 'm lacking, so i 'm trying to hold on to it tight i 'm trying to remind you everyday universe that I want this." But that is coming from a place of lack. There is so much power in wanting it, saying it to the universe, letting it go, knowing your will shall be done, that it's already on its way, that the universe is working with you, not to you. And that was a big, powerful shift. Everything beautiful came into my life after I really got that down that I once I had a dream and a prayer and a wish and I put it out into the universe, I let it go. Detach. Because that is the only way that you can let the blessings flow. Because what you resist, meaning you're holding on to it, I don't want to let it go. It persists and it keeps going. So you got to have the confidence and the faith that it's all working out to your greatest benefit every single day. Number 25, meditation can easily become suppression. Don't use concentration to avoid what is uncomfortable. Hmm, I am not with this one yet. Meditation can easily become suppression. I'm not clear. If you're clear, let's talk about it. DM me. I think this is worthy of a discussion. I'm just blocked to it right now. On to 26. Meditation is not about feeling good. It's about feeling what you're feeling with good awareness. Plot twist. Eventually, that makes you feel good. Hmm. I agree with that. Meditation is about connecting with self. And you hope the goodness comes. There's no guarantee. But the peace that you have with yourself and the pure connection with Source, God, Universe in those meditative moments is worth every second. Number 27, some of the deepest peace we can experience is living in integrity. You can lie to other people about who you are, but you can't lie to your heart. I think that's self-explanatory. I think people who lie to themselves, it breaks my heart. At some point, you're gonna have to get right with yourself and you can't fool yourself. That's deep, deep, deep therapeutic work necessary. If you are out here trying to fool yourself, And I'm rooting for you. Number 28, be careful not to let the noise of your mind overpower the whispers of your heart. This, uh, I feel like I'm, I'm being called out here because I'm such an analytical person that I feel so deeply, but I typically default to my mind. My mind feels like it's going to keep me safe. And so I'm learning how to stop my mind from overriding my heart. I'm learning how to hold on to the thoughts and then dive deep into my body and my heart and feel what is it that I'm feeling there. I do suffer from thinking that people who make decisions with their heart make stupid decisions. So I'm working on it. I'm, I'm, I'm recovering from it. I'm still trying to find some peace with allowing the whispers of my heart to be the true leader in my actions, to be the guide in all of the things that I do. Number 29, life is always happening in just one moment. That's all you're responsible for. Life is always happening in just one moment, and that's all you're responsible for. Yes, that goes back to another tenet that we talked about earlier. Stay in the present. All that matters is the present. That is the gift. Number 20, oh, 30. Number 30, monks love to fart while they meditate. <laughs> The wisdom of letting go is expressed in many forms. And I just love that that's so funny. I, I do I do agree that even though none of us want to say like we fart, it's not sexy, but the idea of just letting go freely without any apologies, there's something to that that is really cathartic and and connected and powerful, powerful. So go ahead, monks, get your fart on. <laughs> we approve. Number 31, you can't life hack wisdom, do the work. And that's where Mama Stay is in line with Corey Muscara, 1000%. We can want new lives. We can think of new lives. We can hope we have a shift in our lives. But if we don't do the work, it ain't coming, sis. You got to dive in connect with people that are like-minded. Connect with Mama Stay because we are constantly here amplifying the light, amplifying the ways that you can grow, shift, evolve. I was going to do this whole other thing about trauma tonight, but I feel like I feel like we're good. I'm going to save the conversation about trauma, which by the way, we can't talk about enough. But I think with these 31 rules to living your best life, we've done good. (laughs) And it's, I've given you a lot to think about. That's what it's been doing to me all day. I really had a whole different plan for this podcast today, but because I live in the, what say it with me present. And I appreciate this gift. I went with what my instinct said is what I wanted to talk about, which is how to live your best life With Even with the disgusting, horrific things that we are witnessing every single day, that's out there. And really, truly, this is what I now believe after so much research, is that we think we need to get out there to change out there. But I truly feel we have to stay in here, in ourselves, change ourselves, which will ultimately change out there. I love you, Madly, deeply. Thank you, mamas, for hanging out with us. We have some dope episodes, as you know. Stay tuned. Next week, we will definitely have Megalyn on the mic to break down her first ever very inspired film called Weathering. We will also have some fabulous guests that I will talk to you about later coming on the pod, and we'll just keep doing what we need to do to help ourselves, because as much as we want them to create or to move this table around and add seats for us, when it really comes down to true self-care, baby, build that table, build your own chair. We don't need to be at anybody else's table. We got enough swag, beauty, and love our own damn table that we're gonna create from scratch, y'all. <laughs> that's how we do. Of course, I want to thank Jenny Media for always having my back. Let's keep on moving, y'all. We're oof, it's almost the end of this school year. What in the world? I mean, that's a whole other thing we got to get prepared for. I know you guys have already taken care of summer camps, I know you're already taking care of where you're gonna go this summer. How you're gonna, well, I hope you've taken care of how you're gonna relax, how you're gonna refuel because. That's something we obviously wait till the last minute because we gotta get the kids situated, but I'm already thinking of trips that I'm gonna take where I, I'm gonna make sure the kid's taken care of, but I got to go. Number one, I'm going back to New York because Broadway is calling me. I wanna see some Broadway shows with some friends and just be in New York City for four days. That in itself is a reboost to my spirit and my soul. And I'm wishing for you, The exact same thing. Think about the easy things you can do to reboost yourself. Think about the things that may require a little trip. We're going to do this together, y'all. Much love. We will see you next week. Make sure you DM me, you email me, you text me, you let me know what you think, who you'd like me to interview, and we're going to keep it moving. Much love. See you next time. Thanks for hanging out, Mama. I know how little time we have in our day to honor ourselves, and I'm just thrilled to be a part of it. Make sure you click like, rate, and subscribe. I'd love to hear what you think about today's show and what you want to hear going forward. Remember, mommying is a gift and you're doing a kick-ass job. So, woosah and mama stay.